no. Um, let me go ahead and pray for us. Dear Father, thank you for being our God. Thank you for knowing everything about us, the work that you're doing in our hearts of salvation, the sins that you're still conquering. Thank you for the Jesus Christ and the promise of redemption. And thank you for the Sabbath and how it helps us in our journey in this world. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. So there's uh, the principles of the Sabbath and then the remember the Sabbath. Those, uh, I think a lot of people have already gotten them. Uh, but if you haven't, there's a few still back there. Um, we're going to talk today about going from the seventh day to the first day. Um, and that's actually a little bit more difficult uh, than you might think. There's not a clear statement in scripture that tells us to switch over to the first day of the week and uh so um let's just go ahead and 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 it gets more complicated as you turn to colossians 2 16 and 17 colossians 2 16 and 17 Let no one pass judgment on you in questions of food or drink or with regard to a festival, a new moon, or a Sabbath. These are a shadow of the things to come, but the substance belongs to Christ. So this uh, passage connects the Sabbath with what other activities? In Colossians 2, what other activities are connected with this? Festivals, food, um, and it clearly they say that all of these are a shadow, right? And so, uh, what are we supposed to do with this? Um, is the Sabbath, and it does say Sabbath, it doesn't say Sabbaths, um, is the Sabbath a shadow that falls away? So if that's the case, then we would be a, a nine commandment people, right? Not a ten commandment people, if that was the case. So, um... What are your thoughts as you read that Colossians 2 passage in the Sabbath? just want to get kind of your feel before I... Huh? Right. Um, it's a... Um, yeah, it's a little tricky... Um, so let's just say if it's a plural or if it's a singular, what difference would it mean to you? Different varieties. No. <laughs> Good. Thank you, Cassidy. Um, what other thoughts? If, if it's a plural Sabbath as opposed to a singular Sabbath, does it make a difference? Danny. Cassidy, give that to him. In the old covenant, there were certain like high holy day, the days that were referred to Sabbaths, and so it could be referring to those ceremonial uh, Sabbaths other than the weekly Sabbath. Okay, so that's so. There's a distinction between maybe the weekly Sabbath as opposed to 
the larger context of Sabbath. Maybe we could write it like this. You have your weekly Sabbath, which is the core, and then you have these uh, offshoots of the Sabbath in all of these festivals that they did. Okay? It does seem to bring those together. We don't do all of the festival feast days anymore, right? I mean, so those are taken away. Um, when we speak of the Ten Commandments, we call them moral laws. And they are abiding throughout all time, okay? The Sabbath, probably more than any, any of the uh, other commandments, does have a ceremonial or a or a foreshadow aspect to it okay now what i mean by that and we've talked about this that the sabbath was a creation principle and that god said i rested on the seventh day therefore you should imitate me and rest but in in the uh, Deuteronomy uh, accounting of the Ten Commandments, it talks about the redemption. I have redeemed you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery, therefore you shall keep the Sabbath. And that, this redemptive aspect of it, puts it into somewhat of the ceremonial foreshadow. Because it's pointing you toward It actually points you back to the redemption out of Egypt, but it's really pointing you towards the final redemption in Christ. And just as many of the ceremonial laws, once the reality has come, many of those ceremonial laws fall away, I think the same is true with some aspect of the Sabbath principle. Okay? So this is the tension. Is it ceremonial? Is it moral? Right? Is it ongoing, or is it something that falls away now that the reality is here? That's the question. And there are a lot of Christians that just see it completely ceremonial and has no uh, influence today. It's, uh, ironically, I was at the auto mechanic this past week and picking up my truck, and on their, not really a shelf, just kind of, I looked down, and there is actually a book, a full book, explaining why it's no longer binding to keep the Sabbath, okay? It's a, it's a religious book. It's a biblical book. It's not, and, and they're not trying to be immoral. They're just trying to show that something has changed with the fulfillment in Christ. And it's obvious to us all, unless you're a Seventh-day Adventist, you do not keep the, uh, the Seventh-day anymore, right? I mean, that's done away with, okay? So there's... Um, and what I'm giving you right now are just a lot of, uh, I've done a lot of reading on this, but I've also um, just done a lot of thinking about it myself, trying to figure this out. Because I am convinced that the, the Sabbath is a moral commandment that is still uh, binding for us today, that there are ten commandments. There's not just nine commandments for us to follow. Um, let's look at the uh, kind of the uh, development of worship on the first day of the week. So Matthew 28, 1 and 2. Lee, would you read that for me? Okay, so what is, obviously this is the story of the resurrection, but the, uh, Matthew is intent on telling us which day of the week the resurrection occurred on. Is that correct? I mean, he's telling us on the first day of the week, right? Well, the same thing happens in Mark 16 too. And very early on the first day of the week, 
And then in Luke 24, but on the first day of the week, uh, and John, on the first day of the week, all of these are f- focusing on the importance of the first day of the week. Now, what occurs on the first day of the week? I know that's a, it's kind of a st- softball question. What occurs is the resurrection. <clears throat> okay. Um, redemption, okay. Looking forward to the cross, the cross is the pinnacle or the central aspect of redemption. But when Jesus rises from the dead, okay, his resurrection is not an isolated event. His resurrection is connected to our resurrection. We are part of the same resurrection. You following that? So that we rise with him. And a lot of the scriptures will say things like, you're already seated with Christ in the heavenlies. They're talking about spiritually. Obviously, you're here down on this planet. But you have raised with Christ. And you're part of the resurrection. When he comes again, okay, what's going to happen to every Christian? We're going to be raised again with him, right, in the resurrection. So this this final day of the resurrection moves us into the new creation. So salvation is primarily, uh, it, it is bringing people in this fallen creation into the new creation, okay? Now, and that's what's dealt with in the resurrection, okay? And the, uh, this occurs when Jesus rises up from the dead. So, and that's on the first day of the week. I think we've talked about that sometimes this is the eighth day of the week right, the new creation. So when, when you become a Christian, you are part of the new creation. Salvation is actually you becoming a part of the new creation, okay? So obviously, the Sabbath, the seventh day, is a part of this creation. And the, the first day or the eighth day is a part of the new creation. So your redemption is connected to your resurrection and we're spiritually raised up with Christ when we believe, but then we will be finally raised up with him on the resurrection day. And so everything about our salvation as Christians is that you are a part of Jesus' resurrection, okay? And I think the apostles knew this, and I think obviously Christ knew this. It's not accidental that he rises on the first day of the week. It's a, it's a purposeful thing, okay? Um, the New Testament church worships on the first day of the week. Clearly in the Old Testament, the day of Jewish worship was the seventh day of the week. And we've already talked about that the Sabbath was connected to worship. Part of the reason for rest was to give you an opportunity to worship. So the early church gathers on the first day of the week. That's um, Acts 20, verse 7, on the first day of the week when they were gathered together to break bread. Um, now, in Acts 20, this is the point where the, the guy falls out of the window and because um, Paul's preaching late at night, which tells you that, that many of the early Christians during this period, many of the early Christians coming out of a pagan culture that did not keep the Sabbath at all, the church doesn't require of those early Christians to somehow leave their masters if they, had, uh, if they were slaves or if they were working as indentured servants, they didn't have to leave their jobs on Sunday to come and worship. So they would have worship either in the evening or in the early morning. Okay? So the church doesn't just automatically say, okay, we're going to worship on the first day of the week, and we're going to treat it just like the Sabbath in the Old Testament. Now, here's a, there's a lot of historical reasons for this. One of the reasons why God took his people out of Egypt was so that they could worship him. Right? Moses says to him, let my people go so that they may worship me. Because in the land of Egypt, they were prohibited from worshiping. Right? So God frees them from that, brings them into their own community where they can worship. Okay? On the seventh day. The New Testament example doesn't do that. Why not? 
Why is it that when you become a Christian, I know you're supposed to be not of the world, but you're still in the world, right? Why is it that Christians aren't just pulled out into a desert community and formed as their own little commune in the New Testament? So we can be salt and light. That's excellent. We're, we're, our job is to be salt and light in this world, to be out there in the midst of the world. Other reasons. That's a, a perfect answer, good answer, but there's more reasons. Go into all the world, it's kind of the salt and light. But this world is not the kingdom of God. Jesus says before he goes to the cross, if my kingdom were of this world, my angels would come down and fight for me. Right? So he goes to the cross. And he's going to the cross, he is making, he's literally dying to this old creation. Right? His death on the cross is not just a punishment for sin. He's dying to the old creation because his kingdom is a part of the new creation. You following that? So he's saying, in this life, this world in which we live, we're between two creations. You're living in the old creation, but you're really a part of the new creation. Okay? So... You don't need to be pulled out like in the Old Testament Israel where they're pulled out and creating a, a, a land of Israel in this world. You don't need to be that as Christians. Now, Christians can be all over the planet in all different contexts. That can happen. Um, because we belong to the new creation. Our kingdom is not in this creation. If this creation were what God was designed to do, I believe we would have to conquer the world and we would still have the seventh day as our... Uh, day of the Sabbath, and you'd be trying to make it happen all over the world. And that's not what happens, okay? There's not a command for God's people to do that. Are we following this now? It's a little bit tricky. So the New Testament people, they come in, to, they come in and they, they immediately know that we are going to worship on the first day of the week. But they do not immediately start trying to create this Sabbath mindset as if they're pulling the people out, creating a Sabbath. It just doesn't happen. Are you, any questions so far on this? I know this is a little bit tricky. So historically speaking, when the church begins at Pentecost, they do not immediately start keeping a Sabbath like they do in the Old Testament. They just don't do it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, so the argument then is, if, it's, if our Sabbath is a part of the new creation, why do we still want to keep the Sabbath now? And I think that's, that's really the place where I've settled in over the years. Um, and that is because I believe the Ten Commandments, God places the Fourth Commandment right in the middle of the Ten Commandments for a purpose. And I do believe it doesn't just have a ceremonial aspect, which means it could be changed from the first day to the eighth day because you have uh, the uh, foreshadow and then you have the reality, right? That's what a ceremonial does. That can be changed, seventh day to first day. But the moral aspect, the moral aspects are God wants you to as an act of faith, rest from this life and think about the new creation. That's a principle that was there in the Old Testament on the seventh day, and it's just the same thing true that we need in our day. We need a day, we need time to, to uh, as much as we're able, pull out of the world in which we live and focus on the eternal world that we're really a part of. Okay, And this is what the early church does. They automatically, um, be, they just recognize. We have to recognize that our redemption, the reality of our redemption takes place on the first day of the week. We have to recognize that. And so they begin worshiping. Now here, I think the Colossians passage that we started with is a statement of, if you're a Jew... 
Do you worship on Saturday and Sunday? Do you just worship on Sunday? Do you worship on Saturday alone? Like, what do you do? Right? Or, and then you have some people in the church who are Gentiles who don't worship on Saturday, and you have some people who are Jews who do worship on Saturday. What do you do? And I think Paul says that is not the essence of the argument. That's not, that's not the point. The point is we do need a day of rest, and we do need to recognize um, the Sabbath as um, the resurrection of Christ. All right, so give me some of your, your questions that you have so far. <laughs> associated the Sabbath with, uh, under the Old Testament, as, as a time of the shedding of blood, of sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And that is no longer appropriate or necessary under the new covenant. Mm-hmm. And so I'd assume that it had to do with um, the inappropriateness or the, the sinfulness of making a sacrifice after Christ had already made that. And that is where the distinction occurred. Okay, so that, but that's, not, that's not a contradiction in what we're saying. That's just, that's, a, that's talking about the ceremonial laws, why we no longer have sacrifices. And they were a part of the Sabbath worship. They were certainly a part of that. Uh, the New Testament covenant signs changed. They're no longer bloody signs. So, I mean, you're, that's absolutely right. So, um, it's a good statement. Yes, Jim. answer here lies in what you said. The, keeping the Sabbath is a creation ordinance uh, that was instituted you know, at the very beginning of, uh, of Scripture. But this is also a good example, I think, of progressive revelation. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think when God in, created the Sabbath... Uh, it went far beyond just resting, physical rest. It went mm-hmm. far beyond. But as the scripture unfolds, uh, God explains that there's a greater purpose in the Sabbath, ultimately ending in a union with with Christ and to identify for what he has done. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I think this is a good example of that progressive revelation. God wasn't ready to reveal the full purpose of the Sabbath back in Genesis. Yeah, I think you're, that's another great statement. In addition to this, the, the uh, pouring out of the Spirit at Pentecost occurs on the first day of the week as well. So it's obviously in God's program that the first day of the week, now that Christ has come, is the day that we call the Lord's Day. The question is, do we take the principles of the Old Testament Sabbath and bring them into the Lord's Day? And I'm telling you that that took time for the church to do. And really, it doesn't, it doesn't really come into being uh, until Constantine, where he starts, you know, making the whole empire uh, in that way. So it just, um, the, in order to keep the Sabbath like they did in the Old Testament, you have to have complete control over everything, government-wise. Does that make sense? So here's as a pastor, there's little practical things that are they're difficult. So um, the, the confession says that you're supposed to uh, refrain from doing any works except for works of necessity and mercy and then worship, right? I mean, that's, the, that's what the confession says on this. Um, when we lived in the early part of this country... Um, almost everything was closed down on Sundays, right? I mean, that was a case in point. But in our society, how many things would have to shut down in order for everything to shut down? <laughs> I mean, it, we, for instance, works of necessity might be police officers, firemen, hospitals. But how about nuclear power plants? right? So my son works at a nuclear power plant. Well, that keeps electricity going throughout our land, right? You could say, well, we don't really need electricity. We can't shut plants down on that day, right? So it just gets, it gets tricky. 
I mean, I think if we were going to start a new country completely and we were really going to try to focus on the Sabbath, we, we might actually try to order all of our factories in such a way that they would be able to shut down on Sundays. That's not where we live. And so as a pastor, I tar- I, on this one hand, I, I think, okay, Sabbath is important. We ought to worship on the Sabbath. We ought to do everything we can to try to not work on the Sabbath so that we can use it to worship God. That's what we should do. And I think every individual has that responsibility to do that. At the same time, we do live in a world here that we are in a world that does not keep the Sabbath anymore. And you can't just force everyone. There's a, I don't know which Chinese missionary it was. He was actually over, I think it was Hudson Taylor, reading his biography, he literally would not baptize a person into the church until they were willing to quit their job in order to come and worship. You see see how they made the Sabbath. This is the defining thing. If you're not willing to break away and keep the Sabbath, then you cannot be a Christian. That's how he did that. Needless to say, his converts were pretty small, right? you know, in that situation. So uh, we've got clay back there. You have to work sometimes on Sundays, right? Right? So we're just in this situation, and what I'm trying to do as a pastor is say, yes, I'm Sabbatarian. I want to keep the Sabbath. It's important, and we should not just flippantly say, oh, this is just like any other day of the week. At the same time, I'm not willing to condemn people that are living in jobs where they have to, to work on this day. So, all right, now that kind of throws out even more uh, Because when you get into the details, this is where it gets tricky, right? Comments? Questions? (laughs) Wouldn't it be nice if all of the sports teams didn't work on Sundays? It would have been nice. There were some people that chose not to go into that field because they wanted to be able to worship on Sunday. And I respect, I think that's a good thing sometimes. But at the same time, are you willing to condemn every athlete that's ever done anything on Sunday? They're not Christians. You know, that kind of, so this is the challenge that we're dealing with, right? This is a very difficult, how about going out to eat on Sunday? I mean, one of the things in the Sabbath is you don't want to have other people work for you, right? So that's a very, so as a family, we've tried not to go out to eat on Sundays, but that just means we have more work to do at the home. You're still fixing food, you know, so, um, but I know a lot of strong, good reformed people where that's like going out to eat, that's, that's a work of necessity and it has to happen. So, um, <laughs> okay, so t- if you have this principles of of worship, I just wrote down twenty, and there's a few more in the back there if you don't have one. I'm just going to walk through these without a whole lot of comment. These are just things that I have kind of come up with, how the Sabbath has helped me over the years. Number one, the Sabbath was given to man to promote his relationship with God. It's a positive thing. It's not just a restrictive command. It's there to promote your, worship, your relationship with God. God is trying to help you to know him. Number two, corporate worship and purposeful fellowship with God is a priority or are are priorities on the Sabbath. So there's no question in my mind that I should try to do everything I can to try to be at corporate worship and to have purposeful fellowship with God and other believers on this day. Um. Thirdly, we should desire to be with the visible people of God on this day. Um, We should want to gather with God's people. Uh, It should be a day where we come together 
Because it's other people who are part of the new creation that we want to be with. I want to be with um, Christian and Erica because they're also people who are part of the new creation. And I want to be with them so that we can actually have fellowship and direct our hearts towards the new creation. Sabbath is connected to both creation and redemption. This means that our physical bodies need a Sabbath rest and our souls also need time to remember our redemption. So as I think about myself, um, I'm soul and body. My body is still part of the old creation. So part of the reason why God gave the Sabbath is you physically do need rest. So he gave us that. So since we're still part of the old creation in our physical bodies, if you just want to work, 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 and never take a day of rest, you're going to drive yourself into the ground. So God was gracious in doing that, so we need physical rest on this day. That physical rest is supposed to be there to replenish also our soul, which our soul is a part of the new creation. Number five, the Sabbath points us to the new creation and our fullness of redemption. From the Sabbath, we better view our promised land. Part of the reason of the Sabbath is to stand on this big mountain and look into the promised land. That's what you're called to do on this day. So if you're just just coming to worship, I have to come to worship, but you're not thinking, okay, this day is there to help me look into eternity because that's where I'm really a part of. I'm part of the new creation. Um, six, it is appropriate to do good and to perform acts of love on the Sabbath. I think we've talked about that last uh, lesson pretty well. It is appropriate to do works of necessity on the Sabbath. My issue on those two is that sometimes those two things can be very narrowly defined or sometimes they can be more broadly defined. I remember being at a, a conference one time and someone was talking about, well, it was okay to play Bible Monopoly, but it wasn't okay to play Monopoly, right? You can see how that was, a, you know, I'm like trying to figure that out in my mind, you know, what, you know, how does that work? Um, so you can see that, that it, when you get down to the, how you interpret works of necessity and works of mercy, it can be kind of tricky and we need to be gracious as we deal with other people. Um, The Sabbath ought to be different from our other days of the week. The point is that it is holy. That's what it means, it's holy. It should be be something that is set apart as much as you can make it different from the rest of the week. I I know with, I'm not going to put Tara on the spot, but I wanted Tara and Michael to, to look forward to Sundays. I wanted them to see Sundays as a time that they got more of me. They got, obviously we worship was a part of this, but it was a day that we, um, we maybe read books together, we, we just we spent time together on that day so that they would look forward to the Sabbath. Uh, and not, you know, I've heard many testimonies of, it was all about what we can't do, and you just, you know, can't do things, and you just sit, it's like, that's taking, in my opinion, away from the real purpose of the Sabbath. Um, nine, the Sabbath is both inward and outward, uh, if you understand that the Sabbath is really about you not being a part of this world, but being a part of this world, none of us keeps the Sabbath perfectly. If you understand it's about that inward um, love of eternity, uh, I, I'm still very stuck in this, <laughs> in this creation. And so um, trying to keep it where God and the new creation is all my hope and desire um, I'm just not there yet. I'm using the Sabbath as a way to help me that, to that end, but I never keep it perfectly. Whereas I think in, if you just think of it as an outward things that you do or don't do, you get your list of things, you feel good about the list that you do, and you're never really working in your heart. Where's my heart at right now? Am I really desiring to, to love God and, and, and meditate on the new heavens and the new earth? Um, so, okay. Ten. Keeping the Sabbath requires faith. That's trusting that God will provide on the other six days. The Sabbath is a means by which we cast ourselves afresh on Jesus Christ to redeem us. So when I talk about faith, it requires faith to stop other activities that you're doing. 
have to do this. If I don't do this, I'm not going to be for students. Okay, try not to study on the Sabbath. What do you mean? I got to get this done, you know? Uh, have I never studied on the Sabbath? Of course I have studied on, you know, when I was a student. Uh, but I, but it was, I could see that the Sabbath was a time to pull me away from my, my slavery to everything going on in this world, and it required faith in God to do that. Uh, we should learn the, should discern what is the difference between clear rules and personal convictions. There are some gray areas. So, um, maybe Kyle Hoover says he is not going to uh, watch baseball games on Sunday. He loves baseball. If you know Kyle, he loves baseball. You know, well, that may be a very good thing for him because he knows that he watches baseball on the other days of the week and it, it might say, okay, I want to make this day special. And he pulls that. But would he, should he make the rule that if anyone else watches a baseball game on Sunday that they're evil? I don't think so. You see what I'm saying? Like, you have, to, you have to think, okay, this is my conviction. I've developed this. For me, especially when I was, you know, younger and playing sports a lot, I wanted to not play basketball on Sunday because I played basketball every other day of the week, you know, and so I was trying to make that day a special day to pull apart. Now, I might go out and shoot the basketball, and it's not, I'm not playing the rest of the week. It, you know, I can do that as a little bit of exercise to do on that day. So there's a there's a sense where you're developing convictions, but you're not just giving these, these rules. You can do this, you can't do that. And then you start judging other people all the time for what they do or don't do, okay? Uh, number 12, we should always be harsher on ourselves than we are judgmental towards others. Um, I can't believe Christian does that on Sunday, whatever it is, fill in the brain. You know what I mean? You know, that, that attitude, right? We're supposed to be more focused on ourselves. Uh, 13, we should lead with teaching the principles rather than simply declaring the rules. People need to appreciate the inward essence of the Sabbath if they're going to call the Sabbath a delight. Christian. Yeah, go ahead. Mm hmm. Sundays, um, we 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 don't physically make money. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there's a church using the building, and mm-hmm. we don't charge them for power or or anything like that. And they help every now and then buying whatever is needed, a dumpster or something. You know, um, but that sometimes you know the whole building is is working and mm-hmm. looks like movement in there. And like although we're not making profit on that day, and I just feel like you know. Maybe sometimes that can be. You feel like you're getting close to the line. Is that what you're saying? I don't. I mean, to have a worship service in your building doesn't seem to be a breach of the commandment. But, uh, but you think it might be, or. Okay, so this is this is a good example. Are you driven by what God thinks or by what other people think? Right? So it's okay to some sense have a, you know, you don't want a bad witness to the community, but at the same time, you work that through in your mind. You're trying to be an act of mercy to help a, a church actually have a worship service in there, and you just, you're okay with that. So you, you develop that conviction in your, in your heart, talk it through with other Christians and try to figure out what am I going to do with this? How can I try to maintain my Sabbath? You and I have had this conversation before um, and yet um, not be uh, enslaved to the ideas of other people. So, yes, Ken. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, I guess the attitude is often a very important part of that because um, I attended a church for quite a while and during the sports seasons, many of the men were, all they wanted was to get the preaching and everything over with so they can run into the rec room to turn on the TV to watch a game. Mm-hmm. That was everything on their mind. 
And that kind of really brought me uh, to a, a bad taste in that kind of a thing. Yeah, where your heart is. Well, see, that's, and that's what Isaiah says, right? When he's talking about the Sabbath, he says, I'm upset at you because you are just doing what you want to do on the Sabbath. That's the heart principle. And, and I think that um, the idea is, God, what do you want me to do on this day? That's the prayer that we need to have and ask. How do we, how do we make this day um, what you want it to be? Um, so in a situation like that, I would want to focus on the heart more so than just the specific activity. Because what you could do is say, okay, no sporting uh, events, and people's hearts can still be just as much doing what they want to do on that day. We're trying to use the Sabbath to, to encourage our salvation, encourage us to walk with God more. That's why I think we should lead with principles rather than simply declaring the rules. And I hope I'm not putting Mike on the spot here. But when your kids first started coming to this church, they, you know, I would teach them Sabbath principles. We'd go through the, but they, I would never want to condemn them because, you know, Mike owns a business and at that time it was open on, on Sunday and I did not want to condemn Mike either. You know, but at the same time, Mike will tell you when he finally chose to not have the store open and be here on Sunday, it was a blessing to him. So you can see how that, so you lead with the principle rather than just the harshness of the rule, right? Because you, if, if people are going to keep the Sabbath rightly, they need to keep it by faith in the principle, not just on cowering to a rule in the judgment of other people. Does that make sense? Are you following this? Okay. Um, 14, your practice of the Sabbath may change at different points of your life. A uh, simple example of this is before we had kids, Robin and I did different things. <laughs> we slept, oh, but we read Christian books, you know, theology books or whatever. We just, but when I started having kids, I thought, now, is it right for me to tell my kids, okay, you can only do some things over there while daddy sits and does what he wants to do on this day right now? No, I had to say, I need to adjust this because God also wants me to care for my kids and help them come to a delight in the Sabbath as well. And so, so I altered that. Now that my kids are gone, my practice is a little bit different on Sabbath again. And it's okay that your practice adjusts with your context over time. Okay? Um, 15. The Sabbath is a full day, not just a few hours at church. And this comes back to Ken's comment. Oh, I went to church. Now I can have the rest of the day to do what I want. The Sabbath does seem, I mean, it's clear, it's one full day in seven. So it is something that you're trying to adjust and think about your whole day, um, what you're doing, not just when you're here at worship. Um, and, I, and I, verse 16, or number 16, exceptions may occur, but we should not simply do whatever we please. Uh, preparation is important, 17. Uh, it is, it is okay to try to think ahead. I'm not okay, it's good to think ahead. Maybe get your, try to get your grass mowed on Saturday so that you're in preparation so that you have less things that you have to do on this day. You should do that. Uh, there's a certain preparation that should occur. Uh, I think family is important. And 19, the Sabbath can be used to identify idols in your life. So... Going back to my basketball illustration, it probably could, Gary could care less if he played basketball on the Sabbath. But for me, when I was young and I wanted to go play that game of basketball on the Sabbath, I was like, now really? Can I not give up basketball one day a week? I'm playing every other day of the week. Can I not just stop one day of the week to do this? And it began in my heart to go, oh, I, I care more about basketball than I do about God. It like exposed an idol in my heart. And that was a good thing. And I think that's a good use of the Sabbath. Um, and then obviously the last one, the Sabbath is about Jesus. Um, if you're not resting in Jesus and the salvation that he gives, if you're not going to him, if you're thinking of the Sabbath uh, somehow divorced from your faith in Jesus, you're missing the point because that's what it's all about. So, all right, these are just principles I have. I wanted to hear you guys' thoughts and, and questions on that uh, now. Get into, yeah, Peter. I understand resting and refreshing. Can you clarify 
Mm -hmm. That's a good question. I think that we should be purposeful in our activities and not simply be um, random in those. So if Robin and I are going to go on a date, we should be purposeful in that. Now, we may just go sit and watch the sunset. You might call that idle. But we purposely planned that because we felt like it would be good for our relationship. So I think what they're getting at is don't just be careless about how you keep this day. Think about it. Meditate upon it. Think about what this day's for and how you're going to spend it so that you can get the most out of it. I think that's it. It's not just not doing things. Jim. What I think is the most misunderstood commandment of them all. But I think, in my mind, uh, the, for a Christian, for me, the most important thing that I do on the Sabbath is to worship God. Hmm? That, that is the, the top priority of that particular day, of this day. Hmm? It doesn't mean that I can't do other things, but it things that what it means to me is this is the highest priority that I set aside mm-hmm. on this particular day. And not only that, not only that, but this is the day that I look to the most in the entire week. The time here uh, with God's people, learning about him, interacting. Uh, and I would say not just coming to worship service, but also coming to Sunday school. I consider this part of the worship. So this is, this is how I view the Sabbath. What is the top priority that I have on this day and on this week? Good. Yeah, Christian? You know, it, it just seems like if you rest, you know, it's easy for me to just like rest on that day for me, not rest in the Lord. And there's so many ways for everybody, different ways to give something up where like it actually feels like you're actually sacrificing something and and just focusing on resting on, on God. And I think that's true. But just balance it with the idea that being with God is not ultimately a sacrifice. So it's kind of like, honey, I'm willing to give up what I really want to do today so we can go on a date. That's not going to go over too well with your wife, right? (laughs) You want to be saying, I want to be with you more than I want to do this other thing. Now, we're not always there, and part of being a Christian is admitting to God that we we do want to do other things more than we want to be with him. I mean, that's part of the Christian life. And I think the Sabbath helps to expose that in our lives. So um, how how little sometimes we really want to be with God when we have all these other things we want to do. So, uh, but yes, I think there's a sacrifice when you're, it means something when you're giving that up, right? So yeah, it's more meaningful. Yes, Ken. Along the Christian's lines, uh, is that where, like, Romans chapter 12, it says, make your bodies a living sacrifice, acceptable to God? Correct. I mean, uh, your whole life is, see, this is, you're, you're taking the Sabbath and you're seeing it as a, a tool or a means by which God is helping you to actually die to yourself the rest of the time. Yeah. Just like being a living sacrifice. Yeah. Yes, Leanne. Mm-hmm. It almost seems like it's so that they can have their Sunday free to do whatever they want, and they can kind of check off while I went to church. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know some people maybe have to work on Sunday, so it's nice to be able to go to church on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that's yeah. No, I've seen a lot that I feel like they just say, "Oh, I went to church," but Saturday night. And- yeah, the early church seemed to be very focused on making 
Sunday, the first day, the day of worship. So I, you know, I know that we can have Wednesday night services and we can do other things during the week. I'm not opposed to all those, but I, I, I don't want to lose the symbolic value that the first day of the week is the day that Jesus and rose. And the whole from the day, day, not just yeah, right. You're just doing a little mm-hmm. part. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, so throughout my life, I've done this differently. Do you go um, midnight to midnight, or do you go sundown to sundown, or do you do sunrise to sunrise? Like, what do you what do you do your your Sabbath on? And again, I think given these different options and different cultures, I don't think everybody's going to be the same. It was always. Since I've become a pastor, it's been helpful to me to try to be in as clo- as early as I can on a Saturday evening and begin my resting on Saturday evening because I personally have to get up and work all day on Sunday. And so, and then by Sunday evening, after evening services, I'm exhausted and I consider my Sabbath over. Other people may be different, right? Or how about, do, is it required that you come to a Sunday evening service? Some in our past, it was like you had to be there on Sunday morning and Sunday evening or you weren't keeping the Sabbath. Um, Sometimes, especially homeschool moms or people that are working, need that Sunday evening to have some time downtime before they can be ready for the week. You know, um, I I think the Sunday evening service helps us to keep the whole day as as a worship, you know, so you think, okay, I worshiped on the morning, but... I got worship in the evening, so you start thinking that it's the whole day and not just a, the morning time. But is that necessarily required? Is it commanded? It's not necessarily commanded in Scripture that that has to be the place. So, um, but it is required that the whole day is God's day. And you're thinking of what's happening the whole day, not just the morning hours. So. What I've noticed as an adult is, um, so um, I have Asperger's, mm-hmm. so from, but I've noticed from Monday to Saturday that uh, it's at its, I struggle the most and I'm, it's at its worst, but on Sundays or during the week if I'm reading my Bible or something, there's um, almost like a relief that I feel, mm-hmm. um, and I feel more um, closer to what I'll be like in the new creation. Oh yeah, on s- when I'm at church, mm-hmm. but it still stops happening when I walk out the door. Mm. So for me, looking to the new creation isn't so much as a conscious thing that I'm thinking about, mm-hmm. so much as something that I just immediately feel when I walk in. Mm-hmm. Because I feel more comfortable and less, um, um, well, now I'm getting uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I, and I would, I, I would say right now God is in heaven going, hmm, that's really good. That's what I wanted. That's what I want this day to be. You know what I mean? That's, that's what he, that's his design. He, the, the design of the Sabbath or the Lord's Day, however you want to, you know, is not to just be a burden to people. Now, if your heart is rebellious to God and you just want to do what you want to do on this day, the Sabbath is exposing that to you. Um, but it's not to just be this burden. Emmy? I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. There you go. And that's what, in raising our children, we always wanted that to be mm-hmm. our verse for the day, to be happy to be going to church. And recognize, I think, as parents that as your kids, like you're, you're developing a pattern for how your family honors the Sabbath. But as your kids grow up and as they move into their own adulthood, they're going to have to figure that out for themselves in their own life, right? They're going to be in different contexts. It's going to be hard. But you don't want them to just throw away the Sabbath like it was not essential, right? They need to keep that 
uh, as a, as a um, figuring that out for themselves. Um, these are great. You guys have great comments. Yes, Chris. Well, whenever I think about uh, a day of rest, it gives me a, it gives me, and I've been listening to what you've been saying, and I feel like it's more of us giving our mind and our heart time to reflect mm-hmm. on the struggles that we go through mm-hmm. and the uh, heartaches that God can help us get through, because. Mm-hmm. He's he's helped us through so much, mm-hmm. and we need to pay thanks to him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is a holy time. It is to be a time of blessing. You know, God blessed it. You know, so it's a part of His eternal blessing. And, so, and there are times when I had I've had to work on the Sabbath day, and it's it really. It really did stress me out in that day. It's like, oh, it's every other day, and I'm just not thankful for anything. But I want to be, and I need to be. Yeah, I know that I've, even just the past week on the road, traveling and just going, I just haven't felt like I've been in my rhythm. You know, it just feels weird. So, um, It just, it's, it. whenever you leave that pattern, it just... It just keeps you in a very bad mindset. But whenever I get back into that mind, uh, get back into that rhythm, my mindset comes a whole lot clearer. That's right. I want to ask if if my wife has any. You have any comments on this, Robin? I thought oh, bring that down to her. <laughs> I just really like your point about um, that keeping the Sabbath is is as a matter of faith, <clears throat> because it is God's Sabbath. It's not mine. Um, and uh, <clears throat> and you grow and change, and um, I don't think you should, you know, when the Sabbath is over, you can beat yourself up and think, well, I didn't do that really well. <clears throat> but um, but he, he longs for us, and he longs for fellowship with us even more than we long for it with him. And and we have to trust that he, by his grace, will fill us and give us that growing desire and give us that ability and give us grace in the struggles when our kids aren't cooperating or <clears throat> or it's just been an exhausting day rather than a restful day sometimes. And I think that's when you just go to God in the evening and just say, Lord, here I am. I'm just, I belong to you. And I thank you for, for providing this day and for... for um, given this you know, time for me. And, and I just want to say, Sam, I think that was the most beautiful thing I think I've ever heard. <laughs> and I'm very grateful for that and for you. If we're ever going to capture our society, and not to say the whole society, but non-Christians... And give them a love of the Sabbath. We have got to rethink it. And we've got to do it in a very well way to do it. I mean, you were just, you can't recapture this world by saying, well, we've got to just get back to where we were in 1950 and you're just all going to hell because you're not keeping it. I mean, that's not the way you're going to get people to come back to the Sabbath, right? The Sabbath was instituted by God to help us, just as Robin's talking about, to rest in Christ, to to find delight in him, to to not be enslaved to our jobs, to... You know, that's, those are all the principles that God wants us to have in this. And I want to, there's, a, there's a, a little book called Call the Sabbath a Delight by Walter Chantry. Chantry, Chantry. Um, and I, I found it very helpful when I was uh, wrestling through this myself. I'm going to read you just two, two quotes from him. It was never intended that God's people be given an exhaustively itemized delineation of what to do in every circumstance. He did not place elders in leadership so that they might dictate what specific course to follow in every particular. Our Lord has given us the great principles of his word. Also, he has sent the Holy Spirit to assist our understanding 
so that in any given set of alternatives requiring judgment, the individual saint will be exercised in spirit. Only by inner wrestlings will he increase in discernment of what is best. You just have to wrestle. It's okay to do that. And then the other one, um, the chief issue is not non-activity on God's part, but full enjoyment of his work and receiving glory from the work of his hands. However, he did not intend to enter his rest alone. From the seventh day of creation, man has been called into God's rest. So it's like God has rested. He has finished his work, and you're entering into his rest. Man is to share with God the pleasure and satisfaction of all God's work. Man is to glorify God, not for some future personal blessing, but for God's finished work. Man is to be God's special companion in the enjoyment of God's finished work and in giving God's glory for his finished work. So when we come on the first day of the week, we're entering into the finished work of Christ. That's what we're doing. We're we're being a part of that and enjoying his finished work. We're not using the Sabbath as our means to achieve salvation. We're using it as a way for us to come into what God has finished, and we need to end. Father, thank you so much for the Sabbath. Thank you for Jesus Christ. I am a sinner. I have never kept the Sabbath perfectly one day, Um, and I need your grace. I need your forgiveness. I need your, your, your finished work of Christ if I'm ever going to truly enjoy you. And I thank you that you've given us a day of rest that we can um, look into our promised day and, and appreciate you. In Jesus' name, amen.